0: Time for verbal tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. And if you can hear the glee in my voice, it's because it's a new year with me Woo! in this new year.
1: Raphas <laughs> Barsack. How you doing yes. this evening? I'm, I'm fine. This is the first podcast. I'm stoked. Of the new year. We have a lot to
0: talk about. UFC 168 is in the books. You were there yes, with Sebastian Vendor Martinez. That is And correct. he is here with us tonight, so you two can tell it. You've already right. – Raph, we basically spend like an hour before this podcast whenever Raph goes to a UFC 168 <laughs> event or any UFC event where he's just making me jealous with all these cool stories. Um, you're going to have to take my word on it, and you'll get to hear some. But then we're also going to talk – you're going to introduce me, and this is a – we're doing this cold, I don't know what you're talking about. I know of it, but I don't know what it is. You're going to introduce me to the UFC fight pass something. Yes,
1: we're going to sign up Kevin to prove that even an idiot can use UFC's fight pass or maybe they can't. I don't know. We'll discover that. <laughs> <in> <laughs> but a here on behalf of
0: idiots is me. And we'll talk UFC Singapore because I guess it's related. Um it yeah. was you did have to essentially find a genie and use one of the wishes to watch the event for it to have appeared on no, your television. That That's absolutely such a perfect analogy, but Rath, it's the new year. We're back. Yes. I ask you, what is your resolution for verbal tap here at the podcast for this year?
1: Uh, you know, I have one main resolution. What's that for this podcast. Go on. Make it a better podcast.
0: Now, Raph, don't shit on my point. I'm trying to play a game here, and I was going to say to shit on more of your points. But if your only point is to make the podcast better, I sound like an idiot because then I'm shitting on the point that you want to – fuck you. Fuck you very much. Let's just go to UFC 168 first. Let's go to the segment. Let's bring on Sebastian. Let's talk UFC 168.
1: I just thought I'd let the segment end so that you wouldn't have me jumping on so you could click to it. Let's try that. UFC
2: 168
0: is officially in the books as a pretty exciting card, but our correspondents were there live. Obviously, Raf, you were in attendance and you've been making me pretty jealous about it. But we have on the line Sebastian Martinez, who was also there. Guys. Yes,
2: well, that is correct.
0: I can't stop seeing Anderson Silva's toes looking at me. It's seared in my brain. What was it like
2: live? Mm-hmm. Well, the worst part was the sound, uh, which we could we could hear it from a bleacher. Then, it, it, I mean, you oh just, God, I
0: didn't even. I had it on an HD, and I didn't think about the sound. The sound had to be
2: disgusting because from where we were sitting, it's like once he went down, you couldn't we couldn't see a whole lot because people were standing up, but the sound was there was no questioning what had happened, and it was just I don't know. It was like hearing a hostile movie, but. Far more graphic
1: oh. in a way. I think the, the interesting thing for the two of us was we saw that Anderson was grabbing his leg and then fell back. And you see Chris Weidman raise his arms, like, yeah. And then all of us go, wait. Oh, <laughs> then, oh, the sound. The sound is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <sighs> oh, God. And then a lot of general confusion. And then I think some – like the drunk people actually got it first because I think drunk people are just ready to celebrate no matter what happens. So they just go, yeah, he did – what did he do?
0: (laughs) That was probably most most Weidman fans. So we're going to talk about all of this. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Silva-Weidman fight. We're going to talk about everything. But let's start at the top of the card, and I'm curious. You guys were diligently working the event, which is both awesome and can be a hindrance to watching some of the fights. Rap, very correct. Rap, how hard is it to be interviewing someone as the, as a fight that you want to see starts to take place?
1: What's that? No, no. Tell me that in a different language, as <laughs> I'm looking at you and trying to watch this TV. It's totally what? Wait, oh shit! That fight just end. And the best what part happened? is, is what like, happened? when everybody is looking at the fighter and they're making eye contact with the fighter, but that they curve their mouth to another reporter and then just go, hey, did you guys see what just happened on the TV? Did they just get knocked out? What round is it right now? It's the third. OK, thanks. Yeah. So how was this fight for you? <laughs>
2: So, it's also, off uh, conveniently, like, a lot of people trying to sort of ask a question and look politely, and then if they can just sort of turn one eye towards a monitor while trying to politely listen to the fighter talk about his experience. Yeah,
1: yeah I, don't, I don't think I could ever be a fighter. I would just be like, none of you guys are here to see me, are you? No. And yeah. go watch. Go watch the other fight. It's cool.
0: Everyone was here for Rap's big announcement that he doesn't think he could ever be a fighter. Just mark the calendar and day. Starting off the card, at least the pay-per-view card was awesome. Dustin Poirier, oh, yeah. who should be, he's like a lead-off hitter in baseball. He should always be the first fight of every UFC event. He should just always, he should have that spot. He fights Diego Brandao. Did you guys get a chance to see what was a really explosive first round of fighting?
2: Unfortunately not. We uh, we were hoping to make it into the arena for the second round, but as we all know, it ended in the first, which was uh, both good and bad, uh, because I really want to see it live. I really want to sort of, there's nothing that gets me more wild before a fight and, and, you know, someone threatens to murder me, everyone. So, <laughs> so, so, was, it was a, a favorite. Li- <laughs> it was super exciting to watch them on TV as well, so.
1: Okay, Sebastian, you know, walk us through this because some of our audience <laughs> may not know what you're referring to here. You you are making mention that there was a threat that happened. Uh, where did that happen?
2: Well, for those who watched the weigh-ins, uh, Brandau came in, uh, uh, I don't know, a a newborn baby's weight over the, the <laughs> loud weight. And uh, then when Poirier... Uh, Stepped, on a scale, uh, stepped off the scale and uh, went for a stare down. It got pretty heated, and most of us thought that it was because of Brandau grossly missing weight. But he later revealed that uh, Brandau had threatened to stab him in the neck backstage before they, they went on, and he also did a pretty hilarious impersonation of Brandau as well, uh, which really just fueled the fire. And I'm, I'm guessing it, ad- it added a bit more intensity to the fight as well.
1: Now, Kevin, the best part about this story is is that he threatened him before they even did the weigh-ins. Yeah. So, he, it was like, before they were about to walk out, he just was like, I'm going to stab you in the neck. And <laughs> Dustin tells the story, the presser, and he's
2: just like,
1: oh, God. yeah, he said that. And then he missed weight.
2: Like a, like a a Chael Summon joke, but in real life, about Brazilians. Right.
0: I've never, that's okay. First of all, that's the first time I've ever heard of anyone using like, and a knife is such a, to stab someone is such a personal thing. Um, and then to miss weight, like the stones that guy had. And then let's add in the hat trick to get violently knocked out with six seconds left to go in the first and i'll give you, you see the
1: steak knife i'm using right now to eat this food i shouldn't be eating because i'm so fat yeah i'm gonna stab you in the neck with it as soon as i regain consciousness
0: and you know what the best part about this is you guys probably couldn't hear joe rogan's coverage but he spent most of the fight talking about how brandow's biggest weakness is his endurance and that Coach Jackson has really beaten some discipline into him. <laughs> so apparently <laughs> that discipline doesn't extend to like keeping the knife out of your opponent.
2: Yeah, the knife would probably be a reek of barbecue sauce, by the way.
0: Oh, I am going to ask you guys this, because I wrote down my biggest note about uh, what Diamond did was stomach punches. He did a great move where he did that forearm check where he put his forearm directly into Brandow's neck and then just really... Wailed on his stomach. My question is, why don't more fighters? Why don't we see more mid-strikes, punch strikes in the UFC? Because it's a really successful strategy. Do either of you have an answer? It depends
2: to that? on like. It depends on like who you look at. I mean, Nick Diaz is, is known for his body shots, and uh, Alexander Gustafsson, when he fought John Jones, the, he changed levels pretty well from head to body. Uh, and if you look at Max Holloway, he uh, he knocked out. Uh, Justin Lawrence with a body shot. It's, I think it's starting to become more popular, or at least fighters are starting to see the significance of it. But I think it's It's some kind of, it sits ingrained in a fighter's mind to go for the head. But I think now that we're seeing how effective those techniques really are, I think we're going to see it more often. In fact, there was a technique uh, or an article by the technique master, Jack Slack, uh, talking about how body shots were a future of MMA. So I think it's it's going to only going to be on the rise from here on.
0: Very cool. Great fight ended abruptly with Poye doing a direct, just direct cross and uh, knock Brando out. Despite the friendly neck-threatening incident. So let's all just rejoice. Our next fight, Jim Miller gets robbed, by the way. Did he get... Who got submission of the night? Was it Rousey? Yeah. Yes. Jim Miller got fucking robbed because he pulled off the sweetest arm bar on Fabricio Camoz. Did you guys get a chance to witness the jujitsu miracle that happened in this octagon?
1: Yes, we did. I don't know that I would call it a jujitsu miracle because
0: fair. that wasn't over. I shot a little over. I was just trying to throw it and I did. I did. Let's just call it a real, I put in my notes, it looks like Jim Miller's amazing. Okay. Amazing is good.
1: Yeah, it was an amazing uh, finish. He was patient with it. He transitioned beautifully into it.
0: Oh, uh, do, does anyone else want to jump on the Kevin bandwagon that Jim Miller got robbed for submission of the night?
2: Yeah, I mean, considering that Rousey already won fight of the night, and that I mean, let's as far as her arm bars go, I think we've seen nicer, and uh, just. I mean, like Raph said, the, the patience and determination and technique that Miller showed was just really good. I mean, it, it was a little hard to see, like watching uh, from uh, from where we were. But you when know, I watched the replay, I, I could just see how just how well thought out that whole the whole move was. And let's not forget that Fabio Camus is a Brazilian judo black belt as well. So
1: that's what yeah, I was going to bring up.
2: And, and over anyone?
1: Yeah, it's not. I mean. You know, if you're really being technical about it and you really want to say who deserves submission of the night, well, Ronda Rousey got an arm bar on Misha Tate. Who, Shocking. <laughs> not exactly the world's leading wrestling or jiu-jitsu artist. An arm bar with Jim So, Yeah, exactly. But Jim Miller's patience. Uh, with a a style that nobody was saying, man, I see Jim Miller taking this by submission. And not just by submission, but by a disgustingly sick armbar that takes patience and time to... (laughs) Oh, no, let's give it to Rhonda. Why not? Okay, it's cool.
2: Yeah, (laughs) BJJ Reddit's gonna love us for this. Nobody even talked to Jim Miller at at the post-fight press conference, except for me. I was the only one who asked him a question. And so not only did he get robbed of the submission of the night bonus but no one even gave him any attention for it which is i mean a shame because miller has always been a pop fighter well i'm glad so you true, two kevin. did because and you i two know are that are
1: professionals that's true yeah. thank you kevin and i know that it's so a uh, like it's so welcoming on this podcast to have the barbara walters of mma journalists <laughs> with us once again when sebastian loves to name drop Woo! and be like Well, no one here was else asking Jim Miller a question, (laughs) but I name dropped him one because I'm a true professional.
0: That was a. It's hard to tell who I'm talking to, um, except I'll just assume the funny one is Raph. This next fight, gentlemen. Well, this one actually got. We got a Tibow Johnson replay before we move on, which was a, uh, a fun, exciting knockout from Johnson. But oh, then...
1: We did not. We got lots of silence and <laughs> waiting. Okay. But sure.
0: Oh, yeah, that's what you probably saw. <laughs> while, we, while we watched that, then Travis Brown beats the holy shit out of Josh Barnett. And I love me some Josh Barnett. I was shocked. But what does this mean for Travis Brown?
2: Doorstep. Uh, so I, say, I mean, the only fighter left for him really is Fabrizio Verdum. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, that's the only fight to make right now.
1: And before we go into talking about that implication, uh, what did we learn from this fight?
0: Uh, I fight don't want to try and—more specifically, I'm not going to try and take him down. I'm not going to try a double leg or a single leg because I'm afraid he'll cut off my head with his elbow.
2: But even doing that, he might uh, kick your head off with a front kick.
0: Yeah, fair. He threw... God, so I guess what we learned, Raph, is that Travis Brown is one bad motherfucker.
1: He is very, very, very dangerous. I think the weird part was, you know, you had you had Josh uh, trying in for this, this single, and then kind of switching it and trying to push him up against the cage... And kind of getting clocked for it. And you're thinking, maybe this is a good time to abandon this. But I think Josh is one of those old school guys who's like, oh, I've taken like 20,000 elbows and I'm dead.
0: I think I would have yeah. been dead too. I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure I would not have recovered. And you can see Josh Barnett. This is what I love about like tough kind of badass fighters. He looks at his corner and he's like, I got knocked out? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And you can see he was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's... <laughs>
1: It's part I think of the game
0: and it, it happen. It does well,
2: he happen. is the War Master.
0: It's a great nickname. I like the War Master. I'm uh, I'm a big fan. So then we <clears throat> we at home while you guys were staring at an empty auditorium saw Chris Lieben get knocked out by Vintage Tough Seventeen Uriah Hall cross hooked him and it looked like Lieben was out before he finished the step. Did you guys see this one?
2: Yes. Not really. Or We saw it from the media room while doing an interview. Uh, and it, that was, it was over before I had a chance to see more than uh, three seconds of a fight, unfortunately.
1: No, I totally allowed you to be doing your journalistic part and interviewing while I was watching the fight. And it was hard because I just started staring directly at the camera because at the end of that first round, there was a giant amount of confusion. I thought, okay, well... It looks like Lieben's going to survive to another round and maybe we'll get to see something. And then you saw every person that you logically know should be checking in on him doing those things where you go, maybe we're not going to get a second round. Is that kind of what you saw uh, when you were looking at the replay or was there something else that you, you thought to it, Sebastian, once you actually got the chance to look at it all?
2: Yeah, well, uh, once I got a chance to see it, uh, I already knew a bit, a, a bit of a background, but it was definitely confusing despite that. Uh, apparently, Lieben had walked over to his corner and asked, uh, was I knocked out? Uh, at which point, they were like, his corner figured that he probably has been knocked out because usually what's, that's one question that fighters do ask when they've been knocked out because you, you lose just a few seconds of memory there. Mm. But it was... It was tough seeing Lieben just completely fall for Uriah Hall's game plan completely, chase after him, uh, eating counter shots like a kid at can. That or- was,
1: yeah, that was the worst, was, you know, I think Uriah Hall knew Lieben was going to, you know, at least fall on the sword and just press forward. And the hard part about that is he calculates that into his game plan and says, all right, chase me, expand your own energy. And then I'm going to come in with some counters that are going to just wobble you. And it, it was tough to watch.
2: <laughs> yeah, it well, was. I mean, it's, how can you not at least like or enjoy watching Chris Liebman? He's been with for such a long time. He's always had an entertaining fighting style. But let's face it, I guess it's kind <laughs> of a, an aged fighting style. It's, it's hard to win with that, with that game plan or that, that way of fighting these days when everyone is so well-rounded.
0: I did enjoy his hair color, though. The bright red. Of course. It's going to make me miss Chris Lee. But no, it was a great fight. Uriah Hall showing that tough 17. And it was almost a, a perfect recreation of his fight versus Bubba McDaniel. But next up, earning Fight of the Night honors, and rightfully so, Ronda Rousey versus Misha Tate. I have but one question, and I think it's the question of anyone that watched this goddamn fight. Why was Misha Tate continuing to push the judo action on Ronda Rousey when it looked like Misha was genuinely winning the boxing exchanges. What do you guys... What was your take on this fight?
2: I was mostly baffled and entertained at the same time. Yeah, you know, great just, fight. Confused and happy, I guess. But I could not put my finger on why why she would pursue such a game. I mean, me and Raf were talking about it afterwards and uh, I think Raf put it pretty well and that. When uh, Misha got that uh, that first takedown pretty convincingly, but, but she she probably just figured that yeah I've got this I can take her down, but it was just not at all the right thing to do. She was she was looking really good on her feet, and it's a shame for her. I'm sure she regrets it now in hindsight.
1: I think it's that false confidence you get, and I'm sure Kevin, you can attest to this to some point with jiu-jitsu. jujitsu,
2: where false you comments. pull
1: off. You, of course, you are. You get one thing magically and because you really have to believe that you are amazing at what you're doing that you go i can fucking take her down i'm gonna take down this judo olympic athlete and i'm on the ground again how did that happen and you get frustrated because i think part of it is emotional response i think part of it is you know she really wanted to beat her and I don't tend to get very vocal during fights. I, I tend to be more quiet, uh, a little more reflective. This is one where I was actively, and Sebastian will attest to this, yelling things. <laughs> because... Yeah.
2: Rap dinner for vocalism came out during
1: this fight. It's the most truth. And I, I swear to God. And, you know, Sebastian has seen fights with me. Kevin's seen fights with me. I'm relatively calm. But there was something different about this fight where that you felt that Misha, if she kept it in a standing boxing match, at least had more than a 50-50 chance of winning that fight.
0: Without question. And that was the hard part to keep watching. You you saw her hit Ronda in the face, and I don't know if it's the first time we've seen... I know it's the first time we've seen Ronda tested in the cage, but she had that look on her face like, holy shit, whoa, someone that hurt. Like, I felt that punch. And those up kicks were violent and... I was yep. just thoroughly, thoroughly confused when she would start a successful exchange, stagger Rousey, and then go in for a hip toss on a fucking judo black belt.
2: Yeah, uh, like I said, yeah. baffling. Uh, but I can—I think I can speak for most people when I say that this is the fight, that, at least what we experienced in the arena, that got the most crowd attention. People were on her mm. feet. Oh, it There's was awesome. The, it was the uh, that's one of the most from like an audience perspective, most exciting fights I've ever seen uh, without a doubt.
1: I mean, you know, and now that we all know the end of the, the main event, we were expecting the main event to get a really good reaction. But this had a sustained amount of interest for people into it. Uh, that people were going nuts. Like they really wanted to see Misha win this fight. Yeah. And I do have to credit one thing on, on Misha's, uh, her game is she was definitely drilling worst case scenario jujitsu positions for her. And I think that she was excelling in a way that most people wouldn't have expected her to because she got put in some terrible positions and found her way out of it. She got her way out of that armbar in the first round. Yeah. And kept finding better ways to improve her position. And I think ultimately the big problem in the second round for her was when she got slammed by Ronda in the second and Ronda put her full weight on her on a crash landing. I think that was where we saw kind of the end for Misha because then she was in survival mode and by round three she was just – She was exhausted to the point where Rhonda could get the arm bar. And it seemed like a horror movie where the audience was just like, no, no, we know the arm bar is coming. No,
0: (laughs) I'll say this. And this is how I kind of signed off the fight at three forty five, because I agree. I was trying to compliment her jujitsu at three forty five in the second round. She had a perfect knee bar opportunity. As Rousey pulled up and she had a complete hook on a leg with her feet in exactly the right place, she missed a chance. So, Misha, I know you're listening to this podcast. Go to 345 in that second round. Look at what I'm talking about. Go to the nearest jiu-jitsu black belt instructor you can find and learn how to do a fucking knee bar. Ah, oh, You were so close!
1: Kevin, Kevin, I love when you talk about how to improve other people's jiu-jitsu – when they're two rounds into an exhausting fight, I think once she got slammed, she didn't have that energy. But I they, think it just it happens the to bar doesn't take
0: though. energy. Like, if you see the setup I'm talking about and I could freeze frame right here, you would look at it and it's such a modern, like, oh, my God, it was perfect. She had the foot. She had the – even Ronda did that thing where she stepped back, which you're not supposed to do in that situation. She just left it perfectly exposed.
1: Yes, Kevin. Thank you for educating us all on jiu-jitsu once again. You're
0: welcome, welcome, world. Sebastian, we don't need you taking Raph's side. That would be non-professional behavior. Let's stay professional and let's just vote with Kevin. That's how we define professionalism on this show. Final fight of the evening, gentlemen. Chris Weidman defends his title against Anderson the Spider Silva. In one of, Raph, you said it on Twitter, and there's a reason it got so much attention. I can't unsee what happened at that leg kick. Gentlemen, finish your thoughts that we started this conversation for. What was it like to see Anderson Silva make such a an exit in the octagon?
2: Well, like Raph said about uh, Rousey Tate being like a horror movie where you can see a thing coming, I'd say that would be like a Friday the 13th where you can see Jason coming and you know it's, it's on the way. If that was a Friday for the 13th, then uh, Weidman Silva 2 was like, you know, this Serbian movie or one of those torture porn things where you just leave a <laughs> scar. You, know, you don't even – you just sit there and kind of feel dirty.
0: And Sebastian wins I the award see. for longest horror movie metaphor in Verbal Tap history. Sebastian, to you, but uh, – Shut up, Kevin.
1: Go ahead, Look, here's what I'm going to tell you, Kevin. This is where Sebastian's infinite wisdom really kicks in is – we were watching the fight. Yes. Uh, we were watching the fight. And I think the minute, like, it didn't take him more than, like, 15, 20 seconds for Anderson Silva to go down, hold his leg, some people to rush over, Weidman to raise his arms, for Sebastian to look at me and go, let's go back to the media room. And I looked at him like, but don't – oh, we should go. <laughs> Yeah, let's get out of here because there's nothing changing and everybody just stood like zombies while we ran away to the media room. When we got back to the press room, we had the unfortunate advantage of getting there before every other journalist so we could see the reaction on every major journalist who walked in after seeing Anderson Silva essentially metaphorically die in that cage. And every one of them was like, How are we so? Why are we so bummed out? Like, how did that happen? Who let that happen? Who let that happen, to Anderson Silva? And then seeing like people go, <laughs> My favorite reaction was from one journalist that goes, We were all so happy with Rhonda and Misha. We were all so happy.
0: <laughs> Everything this was good. terrible. watch. You know, this was a great card. UFC 168 from start to finish had a lot of great fights, a lot of great finishes. But I think because of how it ended, it felt like you got punched in the stomach at the end of this
2: really great card. I I feel like I got punched in the soul.
0: (laughs) Punched in the And Raph, you said it right now we watched him metaphorically. Like we watched a legend die in the cage and it was, it just hurt. It really made me sad.
1: It did. And I don't know about you, uh, but I didn't feel good until I read the press release, like way early in the morning. And they didn't release till, till like three that said update. Anderson Silva has had the surgery. He's okay. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. Ugh. You know, cause you just didn't like, I'm, I'm of two minds on this. I'd love to see him come back. I think it's naive to think it'll ever be the same. That's not to say that he won't be successful or that he couldn't regain the title because he's a weird, ridiculous freak of human everything. But if for all the excitement that we had with the Anderson Silva era, I just I don't think it'll ever be the same as what we knew to be the funnest, most exciting time when he was at his peak. And if we're lucky enough to get him to fight again, I think that's going to be amazing. But I just want this man to be healthy and not have to worry about ah, the kick. Ugh.
2: What do you two say? One tweet, oh, go ahead. Sebastian. One tweet that thumbs it up as well. Uh, Donald Cerrone tweeted, I'm never kicking ever again. <laughs> that yeah. is the best one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is the one that I showed. What do you guys think about Chris
0: Weidman? Saying, you know, this is something he and Longo worked on. I was checking the kicks. And if you look at the replay, he was checking the kicks. Winning, I mean, that was genius. Like, we have to give him credit for seeing something, studying the film, and being the real 185-pound nightmare that I think is going to have a stranglehold on this division now.
2: Well, you forget that Vitor Belfort has Jesus on his side.
0: Oh, my God. Do you think when fighters thank Jesus Christ and – I believe Weidman already said he has Jesus on his side.
2: That is He's
1: correct, Kevin. That. That's the whole idea. He's got, it's going to be Jesus versus Cheesus. Make sure that you know the difference between the two. <laughs> Do you think Brazilians well, think no, Jesus no, H. No, Christ no.
0: is just a great fight coach? Maybe not actually the same person? They probably don't.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I trained with nobody uh, Jesus, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> I'd like to thank Jesus for teaching me. I should really work on my stand-up game. Thank you, Jesus.
2: And let's not forget that uh, Peter Belfort is the, the king of the jungle and that he will not let <laughs> you forget about different animal uh, idioms. Uh, I swear uh, to God, Kevin, fight.
1: Vitor got brought out for a special Q&A when uh, Bruce Buffer was doing a nice thing with the fans. He was taking questions from the fans before the, uh, the weigh-ins. And they're like, we have a special guest it's Vitor and all of us were like Vitor and he's like hi how you doing everybody um so good so good to be here um you know the lion in the jungle is the most uh most uh dangerous animal there is and all of us are like that the question was how are you doing today I don't know how we got to the lion in the jungle it was the most dangerous animal out this is weird I'm
0: excited we did
1: and, you know, Sebastian, cut to him, like, working out his questions and going, all right, what am I going to ask Vitor? Okay, Vitor, what do you see your place in the division? And what do you think uh, are Chris Weidman's uh, weaknesses that you could take advantage of? And cut to, you know, Vitor going, uh, you know, when you are a lion, sometimes you are hunting. You sometimes you are hunted. <laughs> and you're just like, no! <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense.
0: I'm so jealous. You've
2: got to hand it to fighters. So they, they can answer <laughs> any question with whatever the hell answer they want to. And they can just give the same answer to different questions. And I yeah. guess, I'm not going to question Peter Belfort. I don't want to get kicked in the face.
1: It's true. But I will say, Sebastian and I, after the press conference, definitely went back and rewatched that footage at least seven times to to really understand it.
2: Well, for me, it just read like uh, some kind of National Geographic documentary about jungle <laughs> animals because I couldn't understand what it had to do with fighting. But... That's true. So, yeah, that's Vitor.
1: But I will say this: so, you know, we we know Vitor is next in line, and that's coming up very soon, and it will actually take place in Vegas. My question to you, Sebastian: Does that mean that Vitor is going to be fighting without what has been referred to as his "dino juice"? Well.
2: I mean, it's definitely going to be regulated uh, in a way that it might not have been in Brazil. Uh, just their their regulations aren't really quite as publicized, and it's hard for a lot of foreign uh, media to uh, to understand the the TRT regulations down there. But yeah, I guess now it's going to be at least a moderate amount of dino juice or a a hendo amount of dino juice. <laughs>
0: I love that we're calling it Dino Juice. This is the best.
1: I also love that it was also referred to as a Hendo. I like that you could go out the streets and go, can I get a Hendo? <laughs> and they'll
0: know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Gentlemen, UFC 168. It was, I loved it. I thought it was a great fight card. Any final notes, Raph?
1: Actually, I have know? a very, very important note uh, to make, though, Kevin.
0: Oh, the floor is yours or the podcast. You get it.
1: Thank you. I hold in my hand the results of over under Kevin. Oh god damn it. <laughs> from UFC one sixty eight. The result is the winner, not Kevin.
2: Uh does this mean kills. Kevin
0: gives me a hendo? <laughs> I don't give No hendo's <laughs> for anyone. I,
1: I- I will say it took a very wrong turn when you used the word Hendo. But I would like to reveal the score was a very close, gentlemen. You guys were neck and neck. (laughs) The end result was six to five.
0: Ooh. So we pulled a a real keeping our calves together on this one and uh, made it close. So
1: Kevin – Remind us, what is it that you're supposed to do for Sebastian?
0: It sounds so much less cool when I say it out loud, though. I have to send him two items of my choosing.
2: Two random
1: items,
0: yes. Two random items.
1: I also think that you should have to credit him on your Facebook. Like You have to write a status complimenting his better
0: ability at
1: picking than you. That's, I,
0: is that okay. fair to, to you, an, Sebastian? That's accepted.
2: Uh, that, that's very fair. Uh, that that will be like a, a Facebook handle that he gives
0: me. It's a public one. <laughs> Stop, Stop saying, saying it. that! It's
1: so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Oh, Now it's worse than the kick in my head. Ugh.
0: Sebastian Vendel Martinez, it's always a pleasure when you're on the Verbal Tap hot seat, which is we've never called it before, but...
2: Well, and yes, we it's uh, been a pleasure being here. It's it's uh, been very fun both times, and it was rough, awesome watching a fight with you, even if it was at times terrifying and made me very sad and and you know inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, inside. I'm of sorry. Me? I'm sorry
1: that I did most of that work to you, but uh, no, it was a blast. Sebastian is is a good reporter. Uh, I I complimented him uh, when we were there, but I think it stands to prove his stuff has gotten exponentially better, and it stands to get even better the next time I see him. So, guys, if you have a chance, go to mmanit.se and uh, check out some of his work, some of his interviews. Kev, you're going to love this. When we got to talk with Matt Serra, uh, i felt the exact same way you did when you ran into him last year where you're just like, let's, let's interview him
0: for an hour. Gotta talk to him. Gotta talk to him.
2: Um, but Sebastian hang out with him really. Yeah. He's yeah,
1: really just do just to chill out with him. And, uh, you know, Sebastian got, uh, Jake Ellenberger. Uh, there was some scrums that we got with, uh, Kat Zagano. Um, keep going you promo yourself I'm starting to forget who the hell we talked to uh,
2: Minotaur Noguera but we got after the pre-fight press conference so that was pretty fun that and, was pretty sweet uh, legend. that was uh, really cool meeting him it was interesting to see uh, John Delante uh, want to go after Shogun as well uh, we talked to and, uh, and who else um, and the
1: rest. Yeah. But yeah, go check yeah. out Sebastian's work. It's really good stuff. And guess what? It's in English, so you can actually understand it, not when he's talking that other weird language thing that he talks. I don't know what it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't either, but I I do appreciate that he's got all these languages. Gentlemen, great work at UFC 168. Thanks Sebastian. We'll be right back. Thank you, Audience of Verbal Tap, first of all, thank you for listening. It means the world. second. Tell a friend that also might enjoy the show. Maybe it'll mean the world with them. I don't know. I don't know what it might. See, leave us a rating on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, Verbal Tapcast.
1: Thanks so much. Okay, everybody. So the big news of the week that we got Uh, directly at UFC 168, was that the UFC is now creating their own kind of Netflix service. And they decided that the best way to premiere it was to make their foreign events, so the ones that we don't necessarily see in the right time zones, available so that you can both watch them live or, like you would on Netflix, the next day at your own convenience.
0: Can I tell you Uh, my initial response?
1: What was your response?
0: No, I'm listening to you now. That sounds awesome. That sounds like okay. Netflix for the UFC. It's like, oh, we're going to get behind-the-scenes fighter stuff. It's going to be really unique and dynamic. But I'm, you gave me the website. You put it here in our chat, UFC.tv slash page slash Fight Pass. I'm going to go to that. You continue explaining.
1: Okay, so the problem with this is... UFC's demo they really love appealing to those 18 to 34 year olds they love the internet so they decided that they're going to give this to those kids they've pushed this a little early so it's not quite as refined as it's supposed to be yet UFC but fight pass. we do know that someone like Kevin is a special 18 to 34 year old yeah basically um,
0: it says anytime anywhere you're passed to the UFC. Free trial through February twenty eighth. Okay, this looks awesome. So let me That's start clear. by clicking it has four tabs here live events, events, replay, and UFC fight library, television shows and original content. And let me be very clear. If for nine ninety nine I get all of those before this segment is over, I am signing up for this fucking thing. This is genius.
1: Okay, now this is great. Okay, it is nine ninety nine a month.
0: That's insane. That's daylight robbery okay. for all of this.
1: Why is that robbery?
0: It because a UFC event's what 60-50 bucks it shouldn't even
1: Well, it depends on which event they want to hike up, but normally it's 44 or 54 for the hike
0: Pay-per-view up. events. You start they don't come with it. They don't at all come with it. You still Well,
1: okay. let let's get there, Kevin, okay? No, I clicked on the first it. link.
0: It says pay-per-view events. It's not
1: with the subscription. What is... Kevin, let's start. Wait, hold no. on. Have you signed in? Have you signed in? have you no, created have an not. account to sign in? I have That's not. That's what you need I'm to do. I'm reading it. You don't get... You Kevin, don't you get have the the to sign in. No, <laughs> you do not. You don't get the event. You, you do. Get... If you sign into it, then you get the event. The thing is, you don't get the pay-per-views. You don't
0: get Those the pay per Those will still stay
1: exactly the same. But... Yeah. There will be a window because the UFC is very um, clear that they want all of their content to be up on this. So that means if you're patient enough and can wait, at some point, a pay-per-view is going to be on the fight Pass. <laughs> Does that make sense to you?
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Okay, so okay. I'm going back to Fight Pass, and it's weird. It still okay. seems to be proclaiming. Okay, hold on, though, because this is also – I'm gonna about to click on the next tab that says the Ultimate Fighter, Raph. One of my biggest complaints was that you couldn't watch The Ultimate Fighter. So if you can watch The Ultimate Fighter, this – oh, fuck yourself. You have to oh, – go. no. It doesn't do anything. You have anything. to
1: sign in, Kevin. What is
0: this? What is – you do have to sign in. You have to buy the goddamn thing.
1: You'd, There's okay, no – First way. of all, you're not buying anything yet. You'd yes, have to you have to buy the season card. pass. I do that. That's Okay.
0: This is ridiculous. So what does the nine ninety nine get you? I'm not a thousand percent sure. It doesn't get you the ultimate yeah. fighter.
1: What you do is when you sign in, you can watch all of the content that they have up there for free. But you have to what? sign into it first.
0: What is the content they have up here?
1: You the content that you're seeing. You can watch the Ultimate Fighters. You can watch a whole bunch of old fights. None of the new ones. Pay per views that have been.
0: Okay, first of all, let me say this: This is great, and this is an awesome idea. Um, I I think I fully understand after looking at this page for all of five minutes (laughs) what it's worth. You get access to previous archives.
1: Yes. Okay,
0: Yes, indignantly. This is so stupid. The biggest problem that things like Netflix and Hulu and all those networks started to encompass is that people just didn't want to watch old shit after a while. You had to start generating content, expanding. That's why yesterday was original
1: content. And you can watch yesterday's fights, which you said (laughs) you had a hard time trying to find, which I knew you would because I said, you know what the hard part about this is? Kevin is on break right now. And Kevin's back home in the safety of Kansas where things are simple and people talk they to are. him a certain way and he understands things. But yeah. when I bring this technology to him, he's going to be confused. And he's going to be up. that this confused is... where he gets angry. And yeah. when he gets angry, he's super defensive and is <laughs> like, no, I don't want to sign in because sign in is hard and I have to create a username. And ah, Kevin's brain hurts. This is why I'm trying to walk you through this.
0: I have a sign in name.
1: Did you I already do that? I
0: have a UFC.tv account. Yes. I've bought fights from the UFC before, which I would still have to do with the nine ninety nine. 99 Okay, this is – shut up. No, this isn't about signing into it. I am signed in. I still have to buy things. I'd still have to buy the upcoming pay-per-view, and the most recent one isn't up yet. Because when you I would get the Fight to... Pass
1: and you sign on to Fight Pass.
0: I would still have to buy the... <laughs> the Ultimate Fighter if I wanted it. This is ridiculous.
1: No, you don't. When so you it's sign in to the UFC.com under shit. your Fight Pass login, And yes. all you have to do is just press Watch Video. That's all you have to do. It that says sound literally like I have you go, do. you put a mouse over it, and it says Watch Video, and then you just click the part that says Watch Video.
0: Is that what they told you at press? Is that like what they showed you?
1: No, it's what I've done. It's how I watched yesterday's event.
0: Oh. Good for you. Oh, yeah, yesterday's event. But this is—I don't want. I don't even really want to pay ninety nine to watch want yesterday, yesterday's event. I want event. today's event. Yes, it. The website appears as though it will give you all of these things. That's not accurate. Pay per view. It's oh look at this. It still costs fifty nine ninety five to watch the event. But I because will agree with you. I can watch
1: going. Oh. It's going to cost 12 99
0: to watch Rockhold versus Philippow, which I believe is free on television.
1: That's the problem. If you are, I think, trying to piece these together individually, I think they're going to try and charge you individual for them. <laughs> the idea is they want to give these foreign markets some form of exclusivity. And here's the thing that works for you and I, um, and yet doesn't. Because you and I ingest all UFC content at some point or another, right? Yeah. Okay. So, for someone like you and I, we have a podcast, so we can write this <laughs> shit off. So, <laughs> screw these guys. They're dumb. But dollars $9. 99 Exactly. No but problem. the hard part for us is, when we're watching this stuff, is sometimes I'm at work, and I don't get to watch the fights at the same time you do, because your work is already done. Yeah. You know, like, our time difference from being in two different time zones really... Sometimes sucks because they'll put on a fight somewhere and they're like, okay, fights, the previews are on or the prelim cards are on at 2 p.m. Sing And that just doesn't work for me here. So what they're doing is they allow you to come into an event live as it's happening or start it all the way back at the very beginning at the convenience of yourself, uh, which is great. But the thing is, who is this marketed to? That's the bigger question because you and I are jerks who have our own podcast. What about the average consumer who doesn't give a shit? Couldn't they piece this together on YouTube?
0: Yeah, why wouldn't you why would you want to watch old things so you know the answer to for 9.99? I find this bizarre. I think bizarre. what they should have done. I look, let me first say I applaud the technological effort and I think this is genius. I think they've needed something like this for a while. But they have marketed it once again sort of like a company that doesn't know where it's at like in the presence of content future. They sell bundled packages of fight cards, right? Like, you can buy five or seven, whatever at a time. Why not just make this a part of that and add it as an included free service just to say thank there's you? Nobody for ordering, has uh,
1: the same cable provider, so there's no way to really collect upon that. Everybody has their own internet, Okay, we'll so the do it concept UFC is TV to then. make it ownership. Okay. Well, they are doing it through, is through UFC TV. Are you- I am <laughs> paying attention
0: I'm mildly paying attention. I'm looking at it. I'm interested. I'm pretty sure this is not going to make a lot of money.
1: Let's be very clear. That is very probable. (laughs) It's probable?
0: Yes. Did the journalists go crazy? Was everyone like, oh my gosh. It's like you put Uh, Silva's foot back on.
1: (laughs) If I could uh, accurately display the press rose reaction to this it would be with a okay <laughs> I think that was about it I think that was the reaction to it all
0: Whew! blown away by what happened okay well this is interesting I'm I guess I'm curious to see more about it I don't know I don't well like
1: Kevin it. here's the thing you have to sign into it because I am so I'm signed. you in really too. don't have questions. okay yeah. good I'm in so now you're looking at it and you are signed in and what – did like look up a fight. Look up a fight that you'd like to see. Okay. Search this has been one UFC of the, the criticisms that they've had about it is they're trying to figure out how to do search engines uh, because apparently if you type in UFC 1, it will come up with every number 1 in the algorithm in that search result.
0: Please purchase or subscribe to view this video. Okay. So I looked up John Jones versus Gustafsson. I'd be able to watch that fight. I'd be able to watch the countdown, which is actually pretty cool. Okay. Yep. I can see uh I can see the fifty fifty on this. Yep.
1: And if you were properly signed in, you would be able to view it under the fight pass banner. No problem. So keep that in mind. That is pretty really uh, cool.
0: Because I just typed in John Jones.
1: Yeah. And they do have a, a series of fights. Like they do they've done some profiles for individuals like They put one for GSP. They put one for, I think, Kane, like a couple other people. So it's in its infancy, and there are going to be some bumps. Uh, But from where it stands right now, for people like you and I who do this, uh, it does open up some avenues. They did say that there is some content that they are going to slowly integrate on because it was too bloody. So I guess they're looking to evergreen it, if you would. Evergreen being a nice way of saying, let's make it. So everybody could probably watch it, a.k.a. clean it up a little bit more. So keep that in mind, fight fans, when they do start putting those in. I agree. That
0: sucks.
1: Um, However, Kevin, one thing that this does open up for us in terms of what we do on this podcast is we may do some content now for our podcast and our website uh, based off this new tool.
0: Yeah, that would be kind of fun.
1: I think there's been talk uh, a long time ago. You and I had mentioned the possibility of piecing together old UFC events and kind of talking about them. So there's very real possibilities uh, we could be doing some stuff like that.
0: We like reviewing the fights. I do like that. I like the search feature. So, yeah, okay. Maybe I didn't fall in love immediately because I think they need to work on what that first page says. But uh, I can certainly see the value. I still don't think – like. Couldn't you get through a lot of this pretty fast?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think somebody said to me in confidence, they're like, well, there goes my work day. And I was like, what? <laughs> you think all of us just sit around watching fights while we're at work? You're weird. That's not <laughs> That's what we do here in America, buddy.
0: I definitely do that and love YouTube. for reason. But here's the thing, uh, you
1: know, uh, folks, we want you to... Tweet at us. Tell us your experiences with Fight Pass. This is yeah, obviously curious. a very bumpy beginning to their uh, their whole scenario. I don't disagree with what they want to do. I still think it's a little too high on the price because if you think about it, Netflix is seven ninety nine a month, and UFC is nine ninety nine a month. But let's let's work where we can here, people. Uh, <laughs> we'll let's know what in you think. <laughs>
0: Uh, I agree. Thank you for at least breaking the news to me of what this is. That's really helpful. Tell me about what the hell happened, UFC Singapore.
1: Okay, now here's the real nice thing. You need a big fight to launch a product like this. And yesterday, you had two people who not a lot of people are familiar with. Uh, Are you familiar with uh, Safferdine? Tarek Safferdine? not really, no. He's a Strike Force champion. He's awesome. Uh, I think you may have seen him uh, dismantle Nate Marquot.
0: Oh, yes. I do know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, he fought yesterday against uh, a very, very interesting opponent for him uh, by the name of Lim. I'm trying to remember his first name. It's Hungyu Lim. And This was a fight, man. If they needed something to launch the very beginning of their product, they really lucked out because they got a five-round decision where these two fighters really went at it. Uh, Tarek really looked dominant throughout most of the fight, but uh, Lim's heart was just so well-documented. This is a guy who essentially in the third round gets taken down. His leg gets chopped out underneath him because of Tarek's kicks. And doesn't quit the fight. And was his leg
0: in still the... in one piece? I feel like I have one... to ask. Yes, I, that I is a very... You have to ask go...
1: the right questions. Um, but his his leg, like, he was noticeably limping for two more rounds and didn't oh. quit. And this is the best part. His uh, corner, <laughs> in the middle of one of the fights, just goes... They translate it. They go, you were doing a very good job. <laughs> just... Get back out there and, and be more aggressive. <laughs> you're doing a good job. Okay. Good job.
0: You are still doing a good job. <laughs> you're, always, you're always like, no fucking And this way. is the That's
1: part specific. that Kevin loves, too, because they also have uh, red and blue corner cams. Yeah, uh, Fight Pass. On the Fight Pass and other part of Fight Pass. I feel like I'm going to stop doing a commercial for this, but you yeah, guys just like, need to know what the fuck's on here.
0: Here from UFC Fight Pass, Raph uh, sh-
1: Hey, believe me. I wish they were paying his, me money for this.
0: His presence here sponsored by Lone Survivor coming <laughs> this theater January 14th.
1: It's actually January 10th, but no, it's neither here nor there. Uh what I will say is they do have channel markers so that you can skip through all of the BS. So if you just want to watch the fight and you don't want to hear uh John Annick and Brian Stan do their pre-fight talks or walk you through it you can click on the little markers that just say go to round one go to round three go to the decision so that's a really cool feature that they do have on there that I really do appreciate aside from the multiple angles which I think you'll find for more of the pay-per-views I think that's what you found when you used it on the iPad app which will probably be a little similar
0: yeah Uh, we gotta find this lone survivor release date because you want to know where I got January 14th no from Goldberg. You're no. right. It's January 10th. He fucked it up in the Pete Berg interview. <laughs> he fucked it up in the <laughs> Pete Berg interview he, with, uh, with him and Marcus Luttrell. He said January 14th because mm-hmm. <laughs> I made a note of it. That's funny. Sorry. We bring you all the coverage you can handle here at Verbal Tap. Even the most minute of mistakes will get picked up on, especially <laughs> Goldie. Come on, buddy. You only had to really memorize two things, the title and the date. <laughs> and it was probably on a cue card. Come on. <laughs> oh, damn it. It's, you know, sometimes just a little unprofessionalism really gets under my skin, Raf. It's true. Even on a live broadcast and few things less professional than missing the date of a war movie. So good fight card all around in uh, Singapore. The Republic of Singapore, by the way. Not a lot of people know that. Yep.
1: Yep, so I would highly encourage you guys to check it out. There are a couple good fights in there. Uh, I actually have to go back and watch some of the preliminary card.
0: But just for fun, do you want me to hear you read the winners? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, Winning via, well, it's hard to tell, Kawahiri beats Mm -hmm. Soriano. Mm -hmm. Um, Kinimoto defeats Dutra. And Kang defeats Kang. Shimizu.
1: <laughs> oh, I saw that episode of the Ninja Turtles once. That's a good one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Tadzuya Kawahiri was the name that I was like, oh, yeah. that definitely <laughs> offended someone's honor. Definitely. He, uh, won via Someone had submission. to kill
1: themselves right after they heard their name like that.
0: <laughs> These podcasts, you should run as something through his stomach. No,
1: no, Gigi stop it. No. Kinimoto.
0: Um, well, you know, I am the bearer of the uh, offensive name explanation, so that's, you don't earn that title, or excuse me, you're not given that title, you earn it. (laughs) I've been on break, I've been on, let's just go to the end of the show, let's finish this. What a way to ring in the new year, talking UFC 168, looking at this new gift from the UFC, I guess we'll call it a gift that you have to pay for, Fight Pass, Yep. uh, that Raph's in a passionate love affair with. I'm not in the love affair, I just need to outline it for
1: fans. Just to admit. They can use it as well. Journalists have
0: to keep up that fourth estate, Raf.
1: Kevin, if they don't watch the events, (laughs) our podcast is useless.
0: Uh, True, but... Uh, there's no like current events. If they didn't watch those, they could listen to our podcast and then we would therefore fulfill a use.
1: Potentially, but that would mean that we'd both have to have watched them.
0: Yeah. Well, you're going to need a clipboard to follow this argument if it goes any further. So (laughs) we're just going to rattle on always fun talking to Sebastian. And I can't believe I lost, except I can believe I lost. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) I'm not that good at this. You know, my boss bet big on Weidman. So yeah. I'll have to – he's been – I could hear him screaming from Philadelphia, from Pennsylvania <laughs> when, I, when awesome. Weidman won because uh, he was still a big underdog. So that will do it for us here. But if you know the show, you know it's time for
1: shoutouts. For shoutouts of 2014.
0: And I'll go first. BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly can't wait to start training with you guys a little sore throat situation or else I would have gone in yesterday morning as well I think I have strep but that's not what this shout out's oh, about God. so I know a little antibiotics gonna needed. Um thanks uh, <laughs> happy new year guys so that'll be fun no concept jiu-jitsu out in Maryland but over the holidays I got to train with Casey BJJ how which was, was fucking awesome. Jason Bercher, the black belt out there, is the head instructor just running one hell of a school. Like uh, There's like 25 people in there rolling. We were playing a special night before New Year's King of the Guard, which uh, if you've ever played it, you just, well, you basically roll as hard as you possibly can trying to pass or not get passed in the guard for. It uh, felt like we did it forever. Uh, I could barely walk the next day, but ton of fun. I got to roll with Travis Conley who, boy, really uh, really earned that brown belt. Very tough. <laughs> Very yeah. tough guy to roll with. So incredibly fun. But it was just great. They A ton of guys training super hard and girls. Excuse me. Um, they had a big group there, and everybody goes at it with uh, at 110%. So it was, it was amazing. I'll definitely be back. It's great to see Kansas rocking in a tough jiu-jitsu school. It was like five degrees in Kansas, too. And as I walked out, you could just see the steam. Like the glass was just fogged up from start to finish. It's sort of a traditional sort of storefront as you walk past it. Um, and there was just hot air coming out of this place that had, you know, everyone sweating booze and trying to shield the, the holiday hangover. Also, big shout out to my parents for hosting me for a week and a half. Tons of fun. Uh, the whole family out there in Kansas. That's it for me though, Raf. And of course – Happy New Year to you, sir.
1: Same to you. Thank you. It was uh, it was nice to get some family time in as well here. Um, I you know the best part about this is uh, I love this is like my last double hiatus working for the Tonight Show.
0: Yeah, this is the so, the home stretch. I've been seeing yep, the commercials.
1: Yep. Um, so it's kind of weird that like for the past two weeks. I haven't been at work uh, for The Tonight Show, but I've been all around doing UFC stuff. Christmas happened, New Year's happened, and then all of a sudden you're just like, OK, and now we're back on uh, the show tomorrow. How the fuck does this work again? Um, so that's going to be super exciting to see. So my thanks to everybody who I did get to see this trip. Um, big thanks going out to Valley Martial Arts Center. Be
0: back.
1: It was really cool to get some time uh, to extended train there because, you know, normally I'm in and out and I'm always trying to get in as much training as I can. But when we're on hiatus weeks, I can take as much time as I want whenever I'm there. And uh, I always like uh, seeing a couple of our new folks who are coming in. It will be very good uh, to get you guys into our rotation. We hope you like our instruction. We hope you like our classes because they're really good. Special shout out to our friend Vagabond BJJ on Reddit who recently said he was interested in trying out a gym. Doesn't have a ton of money, but turns out Valley Martial Arts Center, very reasonably priced. So we hope you make it on out, Vagabond BJJ. Uh, We also want to give a shout out to Tony Passos uh, in Virginia and Infinite Fighting Concepts in Maryland uh, from our pal Zavlowski uh, on the BJJ Reddit forum as well he just wanted to wish you guys i guess a good day and also good training uh also you guys should probably check them out if you're in those areas kevin that's close enough to you so you should probably go investigate those for us
0: i should virginia and maryland are close to me pending they- where they are at in their respective states
1: i was about to say i was like i just signed you on to like make a the four hour, hour trip <laughs> 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 i like that kevin agrees to it and then air is like what the Raph, yeah. that was out of line how dare you <laughs> pending time it's traffic i'm hitting the
0: like <laughs> secret button we have here that's like shut the fuck up
1: <laughs> uh next shout out goes to curtis williams curtis williams is a coworker, really nice guy um i can't say enough good things about him i don't know that he has a ton of interest in mma but that's okay it's perfectly fine we have plenty of people who listen just for our soothing and entertaining voices one might say but uh to curtis thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed it Uh, I also want to say big shout outs to all the folks who helped us at the UFC this past uh, weekend and a half ago. And also the good folks at MMA Knit uh, for helping hook that up. I hope you guys are doing good. I hope you guys go check out MMA Knit.ca. Really good entertainment, really good stuff. And you will see Sebastian do some pretty decent interviews that you might know the guy who's holding the camera produced and did pretty okay himself. Um, So keep that in mind when you guys are looking over there. One final big shout-out to Sergio Pena's over in Vegas. Uh, you know Paul uh, from Open Mat Radio? We I
0: we love – I we love don't. Paul from Open no. Mat Radio. I we do. don't. OK.
1: That's... My BJJ podcast nemesis, Paul Moran.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, you guys probably got a chance to settle your differences once and for all, right? Mm-mm. OK.
1: So Paul – being the jerk that he is, when I send him a text that's like, hey, dude, I'm in your hood. I'd love to come train. He's like, ooh, I'm actually in L.A. Uh, so first off, dick move there. Yeah. Um, but then he's all like, why don't you go train in my place? And I'm like, what's the point if I can't beat you up?
0: <sighs> anyway, I'm sorry so to hear that, Raf. I I appreciate your effort, and I applaud you. Thank you.
1: Unlike some people who Paul from
0: in town. In, on, or around the mat radio.
1: (laughs) I will say this, though. um, So, you know, Paul was nice enough to put me in their direction. I go down there. uh, I had this really terrible beginning to my Saturday when I was in Vegas. Just a terrible stupid kind of uh you know when you get like an email that's just like unnecessary it's just petty it's dumb you get one of those kevin
0: yeah i've been actively dating since i was 16 i'm familiar with those emails
1: yeah. I, it's not it's not that kind of one though yeah it's, it's but... more it's a work related one okay i like that <laughs> most of your relationship problems have to come in email correspondence <laughs> but uh no i just had a really terrible email start uh, at the beginning of my day And uh I was really in the mood to get that out of my system. And the good folks over at Sergio Pena's over in Vegas really, really helped to readjust my day. Like I was in a pissed off mood, I went to go train, and then I was fine. I was in a great mood, and that I could accordingly go to the UFC and and cover that later on that evening. And I didn't want to go there and be in a bad mood, but that's what you'll find with jujitsu. You go, you train, and then all of a sudden, all those things that seem like really big and dumb uh, become really like simple. And you're like, all right, no problem. I'm good again. So I want to really, really thank the good folks over there for Jerry, Mike and uh, Derek and all of the good folks who I, I didn't even get to roll with. But uh, so many nice people and the best compliment I can say is is very similar to the one I know that Kevin paid to us when we went – Uh, there to VMAC and he was in town which is you felt like you were at home and that was what I realized I realized that when you have the beginning of a bad day you really want to roll at a place that feels like home so my best compliment to the good folks at Sergio Pena's and to Paul uh, hope all is going well for you buddy I look forward to seeing you sometime soon you are still my BJJ nemesis this does not make you a good human being yeah very clear about that not even
0: close Paul if that is your real name I hope it's not. I hope he's just playing people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That'll get to the bottom of it.
0: Yeah, you will. That'll do it for us here tonight at verbaltapcast.com over on iTunes. Leave us a five star ranking. Let us know what you think. Follow us on Twitter at verbaltapcast. We love interacting with our fans and hearing from them. I think our, well, especially your Twitter reputation, are clear on that. We're back for what's going to be a really great 2014. I am Kevin. Thank you very much for listening.
1: Good night and good New Year.